0: Hello, Praise Chapel Paramount. This is Pastor Omar Lopez. This past weekend, we continued our series on proximity and the road to Emus. The Bible says there were two disciples on the road and they were discussing the prior events. Unbeknown to them, Jesus had resurrected and he came alongside of them and began to talk to them, but only they didn't realize it with Jesus. Later, as they were talking, Jesus began to reveal to them who he was in the scriptures. And then their eyes were finally opened when they were at supper time, and Jesus showed Himself to them. The Bible said they heart, their hearts began to burn within, and they went back and told the disciples. Sometimes Jesus is there even when we don't really even see Him. Again, we welcome you. His presence, Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit. And if you're just tuning in, we're just glad you tuned in today, and we believe God's going to minister to your life. I'm going to get into this message. And if you've been part of Praise Chapel Paramount for the last month, we started a new series called Proximity. And what the word proximity means, it means close or nearness. And if there's ever a time we need to be close to God is right now. We need to be close to God right now, walking with the Lord. And it's amazing because I could have said proximity is being close to each other. And that's awesome to be close with one another. But isn't it something that right now, physically... And in person, we can't be as close as we used to be because uh, basically our safe home guidelines. But we can be close to God right now. And you can be close to your family right now. So proximity means closeness. And if you were part of our first message, I talked about walking with God daily. In other words, in being in proximity in our daily walk with God then I talked about how Enoch walked with God and he was a faithful man and God was pleased with him because he had faith in God and for 365 years this man Enoch walked with God he was in proximity with the Lord last week I talked about Mary and Martha how in proximity many times it could be painful because we're looking at our problems and we're wondering where is God and It seemed like Jesus had not met their expectation. They were waiting for him to come and heal Lazarus, and Lazarus died, and we know that Jesus came and raised him from the dead, but I talked about proximity through our pain and through our problems, but today I want to share a story with you that's a fascinating story, and I think it's a unique story, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a backdrop behind the story before i read it and there's a there's a great story i'm going to read uh lots of verses here but i want you to get the gist of the message and the gist of the story because i think as you begin to read it i i I want you to see yourself on the road as these disciples and i'm going to talk about proximity on the road to emus because the bible said there were these two disciples that were on the road to Emos, walking and this is after the resurrection of jesus jesus christ is risen from the dead and of course we know several uh places in scripture where after he rose from the dead he appeared to several people one of them was mary in the garden another time he appeared to the apostles that they were uh, in hiding and he came in the midst of them and he said peace be uh, peace unto you and of course, the other place where Thomas was doubting and Jesus appears to him. And Thomas realizes it's is the Lord. And the Lord says, reach, reach, look at, touch the, touch the holes in my hand and, and the hole in my side, he said. And Thomas finally believed. But in this story, these disciples are on the road to Emmaus. And I want to read Luke chapter 24 because I think it's really powerful. Uh, and as they begin to walk. Look what happens as they're on their They're walking away from Jerusalem, which is uh, uh, to, um, to the city named Emos, And Emos is seven miles from Jerusalem. It's like they, they almost kind of want to get away from the city. And the Bible said, now that same day, they said, uh, two of them, the scripture says, were going to a village called Emus about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. So they're talking about the events and things that just happened. Of course, they're talking about how Jesus uh, had, had been crucified, and now, now he, they had heard that he risen from the dead, and they talked and they discussed these things with each other. And look at what happened. Jesus himself came up, walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him now I'm going to emphasize what's going on there in just a moment and he asked him what are you discussing together as they walked along and hey they they stood still they were a little bit in shock their faces were downcast they were looking downward and one of them named cleopas asked him are you the only one visiting jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there In these days, in other words, where have you been? You've been in the dark. How do you not know what's happening? Everybody knows. The whole city knows what's happened about Jesus. And you're the only one that doesn't know. And Jesus responds. Of course, they don't know it's Jesus yet. He goes, what things? And he asked about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was the prophet. See, again, they were just referring to him as the prophet. Jesus was more than the prophet. He was the son of God. He was God himself. He was God in the flesh. And instead, he was a prophet, powerful in word and in deed, before God and all the people. And the chief priests and all our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. Yeah, in one respect, they're the ones that uh, put him to death. But in actuality, Jesus gave his life, for God so loved the world that he gave. So they didn't actually take his life, he gave his life. He goes, but we had hoped, again, they had hoped, in other words, past tense, they, they were hoping, but it seemed now like their hope was gone. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel, and what is more, it's the third day, all that took place. Of course, we know what happened on the third day. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early in the morning but didn't find his body. Jesus is not in the tomb anymore. And, and the Bible says that these women went earlier that day and they discovered that his body was not there. And they heard the news and they said, they came and told us what they'd seen, a vision of angels who said he was alive. So these angels had said to these women, listen, Jesus is alive, he's not here. And then some of our companions went to this tomb and found it just as the women had said, But they did not see Jesus. Jesus was not there. Jesus had risen from the dead. And he said to them, how foolish. Look at how Jesus kind of rebukes them here. How foolish are you? And how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into glory? And the Bible says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. How many would have loved to be hearing that sermon? Jesus is explaining himself in scripture from Moses through all the prophets. He's sharing that sermon. And as they approached the village to which they were going to continue, Jesus continued on as if he was going to go further. So they're walking, they're stopping. It seems like Jesus is going further. But they urged him strongly say, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went to stay with them, and when he was at the table, he took the bread. Remember that? When Jesus at at the Last Supper, he took the bread, and and the Bible says he broke it, and he began to give it to them. And what happened? As he's breaking bread, and he's about to have communion with them, then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us? While he talked with us on the road and open the scriptures to us so i want to pray for us to open our eyes and open our hearts to the word of god and lord we could be we could be walking with the lord in proximity and sometimes not even be aware of his presence so holy spirit i pray as people have tuned in if you just tuned in we we, i'm going to minister a word to you and, and i pray that it'll encourage you but god Open our hearts, open our minds to the word of God. Help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. Some are in uh, their living room right now. And Lord, I pray that they won't be distracted and try to multitask, but they would focus on the word of God right now. Some are at their job, maybe on a break. And Lord, I pray minister to them. Maybe some are in the vehicle listening, wherever they're at. I pray God right now, help us to give you are 100% undivided attention, in Jesus' name, amen. So what do we know about these two disciples? These two disciples were not apostles. If you read the rest of the story, and again, there's so much to read there, and I I really don't have time to read the entire chapter, but in that story, the Bible says that that after their eyes were opened... They go back and they find the other 11 apostles. So we know that these two disciples were not apostles. They went and they actually knew where the apostles were hanging or hiding out because, of course, we know that the scripture says when Jesus, after Jesus was crucified, that the disciples went or the apostles went into hiding. So these two disciples were close enough to know where the apostles were and they immediately went to share the news with the apostles that they had seen jesus and that they had an encounter with the risen christ and the bible says one of we only get one of the names of of these of this disciple of the two disciples his name is cleopas we don't know anything else about these two disciples but we do know that jesus took the time to come as they were walking uh, to Emos, he came and joined them and here's what's happened and here if you're writing notes write this down it they were on the road to Emos, but it was actually a road of defeat and despair because the bible says these two disciples that they were traveling on this road that they were discussing everything that had happened they begin to talk among themselves about the events that they had just experienced that week Here Jesus, uh, um, the miracle worker, the one who laid hands on the sick, all of a sudden was betrayed and uh, then crucified and and humiliated and beaten, and now uh, they they hear a report that he's risen from the dead, but as far as they know, no one has seen him, and so they're discussing all of these events, they're uh, totally, it's not what they expected, Totally was not what they thought was going to happen. And so they're talking among themselves, kind of where we're at right now. Many of us are discussing the last few days or the last week, the last couple of weeks. And we said, man, things are totally different than we, when, what we expected. I mean, 2020 didn't start off the way, uh, it started off a lot better than where we're at right now. Somebody put a sign up and they they said this, if 2020 was a person, his name would be Judas. It almost seems like 2020 has betrayed us. I mean, we just, a couple of weeks ago or last month, we're watching the Super Bowl. And we were enjoying the Super Bowl. Of course, we we enjoyed it when San Francisco lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. What a joy that was, right? What a joy as we were watching the Los Angeles Lakers. I know some of you are mad at me. Some of you, okay, I'm just preaching a message, okay? Stay with me. Don't log off. And, of course, the Lakers, they, they were on a great run. And we were watching the NBA. And suddenly, everything has changed. And now all we're talking about is the virus all we're talking about is sickness, all we're talking about is fear and the economy and the safe home, the safe at home uh, mandate, all of these things, and it's not what we expected at all, and so Jesus comes on the scene, and they they're talking among themselves, now here's what they're talking about, again, they're not talking about a virus, they're talking about the crucifixion of Jesus, they're talking about Uh, in detail because they seen how Jesus was mocked and betrayed and beaten and hung on the cross. And they're probably talking about the details of those events. And of course, as they're talking, Jesus, the Bible says, comes, uh, Jesus himself, the Bible says in verse 15 and 16, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. Now, what, what kept them from recognizing Jesus? Somehow, they were not able to recognize who he was. Now, was that an act of God? Or was it out of their own ignorance that they were not able to recognize who Jesus was? Think about this. These disciples had walked with Jesus. They had been there when he did miracles. They had heard his voice. They had heard dozens of sermons. They've heard him teach the word of God. They've witnessed the miracles of God. Yet, these two men... At this point, when Jesus comes alongside and walks with them, they were kept from recognizing him. The New Life Bible says this, something kept their eyes from seeing who he was. In other words, something shut down their awareness of who Jesus was. Something prevented them from seeing, and here they had been in proximity with Jesus prior to this. They'd been walking with him, and now he's with them, but they don't see him. See, sometimes we can be in proximity with God, but because we're not really paying attention as we should, when he's with us, we don't recognize him. And I want you to know right now, wherever you're at, God's with you. But if we're not careful, we allow the events and things that are going around and what we're hearing to fog our eyes. Could it be that the tears and the discouragement caused them not to recognize who Jesus was. Could it be because the Bible said their faces were downcast? Could it be because when Jesus came and walked alongside of them, they never even looked up? Have you ever met somebody who's just discouraged and you come and talk to them and, and they kind of just roll their eyes at you, but they don't really see you. They don't really know who they're talking to. They don't really acknowledge you. Could have, been, could have been that when Jesus came, they really weren't even acknowledging him. So therefore, they didn't recognize him. Their hearts were broken. They were disappointed. They thought Jesus was going to overthrow the government and set up his kingdom. And so their hopes were dashed. The two, two disciples felt maybe some resentment, wondering what's going to happen next. And all of us this morning, when we're struggling, when we're going through a battle of despair and discouragement, sometimes our eyes can be fogged. Even believers right now, some of you are saying, what's going to happen next? And we don't realize that Jesus is right next to us. Last week, I talked about Jesus is the whisper away. He's right next to you. He's in proximity. He's, he's basically shoulder to shoulder. And even during this time, If we're not careful, we'll we'll allow the fear of our health, the fear of the economy to fog our eyes and not realize that Jesus is next to us, and that can cripple our faith. And so the Bible says that Jesus began to speak to them because I want you to realize something, that God is with us even through the valley of the shadow of death. Even when we feel like, man, we're in a dark valley I want to encourage you today to know that he's with us. It says his rod and his staff, they comfort us. He prepares a table in the presence of my enemy. Right in the middle of the battle, Jesus is there. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall dwell or, or shall, will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of God forever. Now, if we're not careful, depression can get a hold of us even right now in the valley. Now, I'm not an expert on depression. But I know many people that experience that. And if you're not careful, you think, well, people could just snap out of it and just whenever they, no, no, depression, uh, when it gets a hold of you, and especially some that are uh, clinically uh, depression, clinical depression can really get a hold of people and they see the world differently. They see the world like so distant and maybe depression had gotten a hold of these disciples and they felt that Jesus was far away. Oh, God was not near them. And we know that that is not true. God is right with you. But when you're in the turmoil, you may feel that way. And so Jesus comes and says, what have you been talking about? And the scripture said their faces were downcast. And they said, where have you been? Don't you, you know, everybody knows what's going on in Jerusalem about Jesus, and he was a prophet, and he did good. How is it that you're not aware of what's going on? How is it that you're not aware of of, of the events that have happened? Now, I want to just emphasize this again. These guys are discouraged. These guys are downcast. Isn't Isn't it crazy how these words that discouragement, despair, disconnection, depression, despondent, they all start with the letter D? And then our enemy... His name starts with a D, devil. It's just just something that these D words, man, get rid of the D words in your life right now and put the J word, Jesus, in your life. And so here's what happens today. Jesus is walking with them in proximity and he brings direction to them. See, they think Jesus is unaware of the event. Jesus is more aware of what's going on than we do. And the Bible says that, that he speaks to them, And and he says to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe and all that the prophets have spoken. In other words, he kind of rebukes them. He said, how is it that you guys don't know what's going on? Let me just explain to you what's really going on. In fact, Jesus knew more and was more aware of what was going on than they did. They had just told him, You don't know what's going on. No, Jesus said, You don't know what's going on. Your foolish hearts. How is it that you don't know the scripture? See, what happens many times during depression and during discouragement, we take our eyes off the Word of God, off of truth, and we put our eyes on the events and we put our eyes on what we see rather than putting our eyes on Jesus. And then the Bible says that Jesus begins to explain the scriptures. And I love this. From Moses to the prophets, he explained things concerning himself. How many would have loved to hear that sermon? Here is Jesus explaining the scriptures about himself, the risen Messiah, talking about the crucified Messiah. He begins to explain to them. And here's what I love. Jesus is in every book of the Bible. So I imagine Jesus began to show himself in Scripture and explain to them where he is in Scripture. See, in the Old Testament, Jesus is concealed. But in the New Testament, Jesus is revealed. And so he began to go and show them in Scripture All through the Old Testament, the Bible says that those books that were written by Moses to the prophets, he began to share with them who he was. And can I tell you, Jesus is not only in the New Testament, he's in the Old Testament. In fact, Jesus is in every book of the Bible. In Genesis, he's the prophesied seed, he's the seed of the woman who crushes the serpent's head. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is the high priest. And number, he's, in the, he's the water in the desert. In Deuteronomy, he becomes the curse for us. And Joshua, he's the commander of the army of the Lord. And judges, he delivers the unjust. And Ruth, the, he is the king men redeemer. In the book of 1 Samuel, he is the prophet, the priest, and the king. And 2 Samuel, he's the king of grace and love. And 1 Chronicles, he's the son of David that is coming to rule. And 2 Chronicles, he's the king who reigns eternally. And Ezra, he's the priest that's proclaiming freedom. In Nehemiah, he's the one that restores the broken. In Esther, he's the protector of the people. In Job, he's the mediator between us, God, and man. In Psalms, he's the rock, the refuge. He's our great shepherd. In Proverbs, he's the everlasting wisdom. In Ecclesiastes, he's the meaning and the purpose of life. In the Song of Solomon, he's the author and faithful love. And Isaiah, he's the suffering servant. And Jeremiah, he's the weeping. Prophet in lamentation, he assumes God's wrath for all of us. In Ezekiel, he is the Son of Man. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fire. And Hosea, he's the faithful husband, even when we run away. In the Book of Joel, he's the sending his spirit and outpouring it upon all his spirit upon all his people. And Amos, he delivers the just and the oppressed. And Obadiah, he's the judge of those who do evil, and Jonah, he's the greatest missionary, and Micah, he cast our sin into the sea of forgetfulness, and Nahum, he proclaims future world peace, uh, which we cannot even imagine, And Habakkuk, he crushes the unjust. And Zephaniah, he's the warrior who saves. And Haggai, he restores our worship. And Zechariah, he prophesies the Messiah that is going to be pierced for us. And Malachi, he is the son of righteousness who brings healing. So Jesus is in every book of the Bible. Jesus was well aware. Jesus was right now in your life. He's in every book of the Bible. We just go to the word of God friend. we'll find that we're not alone. And here they were. They were thinking they were walking with a stranger, but yet they were walking in proximity with Jesus and didn't even know it. See, when we get back in the word of God, we'll get back in proximity with Christ and we'll realize that he's with us. See, the word of God, if we begin to get the word of God, it really does expose some things in our life. The word of God sometimes needs to cut us a little bit. Did you notice that when Jesus was ministering to the two disciples on the road to to Emma, he kind of rebukes them. He kind of puts them in line. He's bringing direction. And if you know what the scripture says uh, in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, many of you know this verse. The word of God is living and active. The Bible says sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our heart. Now, here's what I want to kind of close here in the last few minutes that we have together. The Bible says that finally their eyes were open. They had a divine revelation that came to them. These two men were sitting with Jesus and he opens their eyes. Look at, what is, they say, look at what happened in verse 29 of Luke chapter 24. They urged him saying, or they urged him strongly, stay with us. They knew there was something different about this stranger. Of course, we know now through scripture, he wasn't a stranger. He was Jesus all the time. We're not careful. We're treating the Lord as a stranger. And we don't realize, friend, that it's Jesus right next to you. And the Bible says, stay with us. They said, the day is almost over. And so he went to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and gave thanks. He broke it and he began to give it to them. And then what happened in that moment? Their eyes were open and they recognized him and disappeared. And he disappeared from their sight. As soon as he handed the bread to them, literally, their eyes were open. Could it be that when he handed the bread to them, they saw his pierced hands? Could it be that they realized, oh my goodness, this is Jesus right in front of me. It reminded them, again, of what Jesus had did for them. It reminded them of what Jesus had said about himself, that he would be crucified and risen again. And sometimes we need a reminder of what God has done in our life, that he was crucified. He sacrificed his life for all of us so that we could live again. But thank God Jesus is not in the grave. He's risen again. And I believe that he was showing himself to these disciples so that they could know that you know what? It's not over. That hope isn't dead. That hope is alive. The Bible even tells us in the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse four, again, if we go to the word of God, but well, whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of scriptures, what? We might have hope. Can I tell you guys, we have hope today. Don't let the enemy rob your hope. Don't let this virus rob your hope. I'm going to be honest with you. I said this last night. We're, gonna, we're uh, This COVID-19, uh, we're going to take the crown out of the corona and it's going to become instead of the coronavirus we're going to call it the coronavirus we're going to we're going to bring it down it doesn't have a crown anymore we're going to take authority over it in the name of jesus we're not a people without any hope the bible says that, that as soon as jesus had disappeared they looked at each other and in verse 32 they said to one another were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. And so they went from broken hearts to burning hearts. They went from a broken heart to a burning heart. They recognized that Jesus was with them. Their eyes were open. They finally realized you know what? Christ is right here. And I want all of us to know we're in proximity with Christ, He's with you. If you'll open your eyes, if you'll realize today through the word of God that he's not, he's not going to leave us, he's not going to forsake us. And even this, during this time, I believe right now we can get closer to God than we've ever been. How many of you right now, you're watching in your living room, you're with your family or maybe some close friends, how, whoever you're with, where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst, right? long as it's not over 10 i'm just kidding but anyway here we are and and the two or three are gathered here i am in the midst god is in the midst he's in your living room right now he's with you and let let it burn within you let that fire get stirred in you again for the word of god i pray that families would get stirred over prayer that you'll get stirred to get in the word of god now, I know many of you have saying, well, you know, that, that'll help me, you know, watch a lot of programs. I'll get on Netflix and I'll watch some of these shows and all these different things. But, uh, and, and I'm not saying you're not going to watch movies and all that. But don't just veg out on movies and, and things that you haven't watched in a while. And, and even we can even say, well, I'm just going to clean my house and uh, I'm going to do some things around my house that I haven't done. That's a good thing. But don't forget, could it be this time that your heart can burn? For the things of God. And you can spend more time in God's word. And more time with your family. Loving your kids. And sharing the gospel with them. So here you are in your own living room having church. Most of us, the only time we ever had church. Is when we came together at the congregation in this building. But today, you can have church in your living room. You're having church in your living room. I'm ministering to you in your living room. But but in reality, you're bringing your little congregation together. Whatever size your family is. And the word of God is to burn in your home and to burn in your life. So the Bible says here that when their eyes were open, they went back and they told the disciples, they went back to share the news. See, this is what happens when God opens our eyes. He opens our eyes, he opens our mind, but he also opens our mouth to share with others what God has done. Let's not keep our mouths closed right now. Christian, let's open our mouth. Let's share the gospel with people. And, and I know you, we may not be able to physically connect with people, but we can still call people. We can text people. We can uh, use the social media, media platforms that we have right now. Give a word of encouragement even with someone. Get on the phone and call some people that you haven't seen in church. We miss you. We miss seeing you here physically, eye to eye, and in person. I miss hugging people. I can't wait to do that and shake people's hands again and do all of that. But in the meanwhile, God still gave us our mouth, and we could speak a word to people and get that heart burning again for the things of God. Take this time, however long right now that we we've got to be in this these circumstances and these mandates we're going to use our mouth we're going to share the gospel with people we're going to hit hit that share button and tell people listen to this message be encouraged god's not forsaken us we've not lost hope and the bible says these disciples went back and they told the apostles remember the apostles were hiding and they began to share with with them what had happened and while they were talking, the scripture says, Jesus comes and appears to them. Now, here's the powerful thing about Jesus. His body is the resurrected body. He's able to eat, but he's able to walk through, walk through walls. Friend, it doesn't matter where you're at right now. His presence is right there. And the Bible says he looks at the disciples and he says, peace unto you. And I believe that's the word in proximity. God is saying, peace unto you. All of us need some peace in our lives right now. We need that peace to get a hold of us. Not fear, not chaos, not despair, not discouragement, but we're talking peace today. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount, or visit our website at PraiseChapelParamount.com.